I can get people inside the base if they're US citizens or green card holders. There is an emptiness that we cannot describe, and it's just, it's just sad. We're concerned that, you know, evacuations are gonna end and she's not gonna be able to leave. It is a matter of life and death. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news stories? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Welcome into The Debrief. I'm your host, Adam Cooperstein. When the final U.S. military plane left Afghanistan, it marked the official end to America's longest war, but it also sparked fear about the prospects of Americans left behind and uncertainty and concerns from Afghans who thought the United States would protect them from the Taliban. So what happens to those Afghan allies now that after 20 years of support from the U.S., the Taliban is now in charge and they feel unsafe? One of those people is our guest on The Debrief. We can't tell you his real name. We can't show his face. We'll call him Mateen. He is in hiding in the Kabul area from the Taliban right now. He and his wife, well, they are journalists, and that's why they're wanted by the Taliban. We're also joined on The Debrief by Ahmad Shah Mohibi from Rise to Peace, an organization that has been working to get people out of Afghanistan. He'll help us translate this conversation. Mateen, Ahmad, thank you both so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. We know this is a very delicate situation. And you, Mateen, are in hiding right now. You're concerned about your safety. Uh, if you could tell us what it's like to be in your shoes in Afghanistan right now. Uh, thank you for having us, Mateen Khan. Megan, Shumar Khalid, all of us in Afghanistan, the Khan put us in the joy of the Khan as Taliban do her name. And we all have to feel it, if we can, we all have to feel it, that you all have to feel it, that you all have to feel it. وضعیت کلی در افغانستان در این آخر بر شما و بر تمام افغان است که در چه شرایط ما قرار داریم و مخصوص خبرنگاران و جورنالیست ها و کسایی که اهل قلم بودند در این آخر are in danger, at risk, those who could be left Afghanistan and are good for them. But those of us like me are staying, we are living in fear, fear of the Taliban. What is it about your work as a journalist and other work you've done in Afghanistan before the United States left that has the Taliban looking for you? We have been, you know, as journalists, and he said, particularly myself, I have been researching on extremism, the Taliban. My wife, which uh, she is a journalist, she has been traveled to different, at least 34 provinces of Afghanistan. We have reported on them. We have provided analysis to different organizations, and we have denounced the Taliban work. So therefore, our life is in danger, not only by the Taliban and other groups like ISIS, uh, or known more ISK or Daesh in Afghanistan, that his family, his wife, and himself, all of them, their lives are in danger because of the work they have done, the research that they have done, the reports they have provided. When you say they're hunting for journalists like you, Mateen, how sophisticated is the Taliban search? What are they doing? Are they going door to door? Are they using technology? And what do you fear they will do if they catch someone like you? Uh... He says, I can tell a story with a story of an Afghan young journalist, a, a girl. She had an interview with a, with a foreign uh, TV 
a few days ago and uh, Taliban found out about her and now you're tracking where she is and she's running from them because Taliban controls the Ministry of Communication and it controls the internet and they track who is in contact with different organizations and media outlets and they also tracking those who have worked with foreign NGOs and other governments and therefore they come after them and they look for it. He also, uh, the Taliban also have cars that have tracked signals of telephones or, or, and different houses. And if they find someone like that they, they believe is a traitor, it would mean death? Uh, as of right now, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know where they take them. They detain people, but you don't know where they take them. So I'm not sure 100% where they detain them, what they do, but I could tell you from the stories of other journalists, even before, they have tracked them and they have killed these journalists. So I could tell you from that report that before the collapse of Kabul, the Taliban takeover, they have killed multiple journalists, even though most of the Taliban have denied, but it was the work of them. What does it feel like to hear United States officials say about the exit of Kabul and Afghanistan that the Taliban was helpful, businesslike, instrumental in helping them leave as safely as possible? Uh yeah, he said, I never imagined, and it was unexpected, that those who left, this was a small number of people that who got into the airport, even though I had my journalism card, my badge, I had proper documentation from the U.S. NGO, I went to the airport, I was not able to get in. Unfortunately, most of the people who got in somehow, you know, they bribed the guards and the gates, he means the Afghan guards, and he just said that, there are also possibilities of the, the members or families of the Taliban who made it to these airplanes to the United States. Do you, Mateen, blame the United States for leaving people like you behind? No, I, I blame those who are at the gates. I blame those who are handling the operation of the evacuation. Because those who are eligible, like journalists and activists and others, should have given the priority to get evacuated. But those who are in charge of the gates, they could not do your jobs, and I blame those people. Hmm. What are your fears, Mateen, about what will happen to your country now that the Taliban is in charge and the United States is gone? So the first concern I have right now that the Taliban have appointed older people, their own people in the government, such as ministries and cabinets, and they have not appointed any woman or youth educated with college degree. Okay, they have replaced those who had knowledge and expertise and replaced them with mullahs, religious scholars, and those who have no expertise. For example, the appointed people and the head of the uh, healthcare system. How come someone who has a religious background will be able to run the uh, healthcare system? Your group, Rise to Peace, has been working hard 
to help Afghan refugees. But what is the most urgent duty you have right now with this crisis so dire? Well, as of right now, my whole operation with former and active service members is to get as many people out of Afghanistan, but based on a plan. What concerns me the most right now that everything in Afghanistan has turned this to this money-making black market. A lot of different organizations are asking people for money, raising money on a on operation that's impossible. What 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 concerns me the most is the lives of interpreters, HIVs, P2, P1 journalists, and high-target individuals that who work as special forces commandos alongside the U.S. forces. So my team's first operation is to make sure work with the U.S. government and be able to coordinate with the Taliban and have a safe passage and secure departure for all the people who are eligible. That is the biggest priority for my team. So on top of everything else, now you're also facing corruption, <laughs> another obstacle yes. in this country that's been in turmoil for generations. I've been contacted. I have the documentations that people would like to offer money if we could get them out of Afghanistan or their other organizations talking money about millions of dollars. We've been telling them, look, we want to do a clean evacuation. If you want to do it, we want to work with the Taliban. We want to work with the U.S. government. Let's not jeopardize and risk the lives of these people. What frustrates me the most and I think disappointing is that there are people's life in danger and there are these big companies like Eric Prince of the Blackwater. You're talking about money. You're talking about business opportunities. So I think Afghanistan, even though there was a lot of domestic issues, what was going on, the problem is still is facing corruption, still is facing this opportunity for other NGOs outside of Afghanistan to just have this opportunity of making, generating some money. We are thinking about you both. Ahmad, thank you so much for your time. Mateen, stay as safe as possible. We really appreciate you painting this picture for all of us here in the tri-state to better understand what's going on in Afghanistan. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on The Debrief, and big thanks to our production team of Melissa Mack, Darren Price, and Ben Berkowitz. We hope you join us next time right here on The Debrief.